Pour parler d'agriculture et d'Europe à la jeunesse. Le climat Ceux qui sont dans le rouge s'en sortent quand ils font plus vert. La qualité dans ce pays, elle doit être là pour tous. Welcome to our latest edition of Food for Europe, showcasing the policies and politics affecting agriculture and rural life in our continent today. And this episode confronts one of the thorniest topics of them all, the relationship between agriculture and the environment. It's a topic that encompasses farmers, activists, politicians, officials and experts, and we'll be talking to guests from all of these stakeholder groups. And of course, it affects us as citizens and consumers, right down to the food we eat every day, its provenance, its safety and its sustainability. First, to Luxembourg, to talk to a farmer who helps his fellow farmers raise their voices. Hello, I'm Christian Vester. I live here in Altingen, and together with my brother, I manage a dairy farm. Centrale Paysanne is the biggest farmers' union in Luxembourg, and for a little over two years now, I've served as its president. Environmental regulations have increased over the past decade, and farmers are no longer able to follow the changes that are made at a European level. Water protection zones, they're important for us as well because we as farmers need a good quality of water. But the conditionality elements of the CAP make it harder and harder to satisfy requirements. It means lots of bureaucracy. Farming has been green for as long as it existed. But the speed at which agriculture has been changing these past years has meant that many farms have simply gone out of existence. Agriculture is being reformed faster and faster, and people aren't comfortable with it. The main message I'd like to send to Brussels is leave your offices, come to the countryside to talk with people here, like me and my colleagues, to get a sense of the challenges we face. For them in Brussels, it's a big city far from the countryside and it's difficult to identify with the problems faced by rural communities. Christian Vester there from the Centrale Paysanne Farmers' Union in Luxembourg. Our thanks to him. Well, joining me from the European Commission's DG Agri is Michael Pilke, Acting Director for Sustainability. Michael, summarise for us briefly, if you can, the environmental objectives of the new Common Agricultural Policy. The new CAP has among its objectives to contribute to climate change adaptation and mitigation, to ensure a sustainable use of natural resources and to protect and enhance biodiversity. Farmers benefiting from CAP support must comply with a set of obligations like protecting valuable landscape features in the farm or protecting peatlands and wetlands. In addition, member states have to design environmental schemes and measures. Farmers get support for participating voluntarily in these schemes because this involves changing farming practice and often entails additional costs or income losses. Christian Vester referred to the complexity of the environmental rules applying at farm level and the difficulties farmers encounter to implement them. What would you say about that? 
Yes, farming is complex by nature, as a farm is a live ecosystem. As a result, a farm is subject to different sets of rules on water, biodiversity, pesticides, fertilizers, waste management, air, etc. This is why it is so important that the CAP supports and empowers farmers and compensates for their losses when they engage in environmental schemes that go beyond existing rules. It is crucial that we recognize the inherent value of agriculture in producing our food and that we recognize and empower the farmers towards more sustainability. Michael, we'll be coming back to you later for your reaction to our other guests' views on the environmental pillar of the CAP. And our next contributor is Celia Nissens-James from the European Environmental Bureau. Welcome, Celia. Thank you for having me. Celia, first, what role did EEB play in trying to shape the environmental element of the new CAP? Well, in general, what we try to do is, uh, I guess, mostly twofold. On one hand, raise awareness of what the problems are, and then on the other hand, of what the solutions could be. So to raise awareness of the problems, for example, we delivered a fitness check of the previous cap uh, so that we could make recommendations that were based on, on the weaknesses and, and the strengths of the, the previous cap. And then uh, we formulated policy recommendations and, and tried to communicate them to policymakers, but also to the general public, uh, making sure that also citizens are aware of, um, of this policy and, and of what's wrong with it and, and also of what it could achieve. So to what extent do you think that citizens are driving the CAP's efforts to focus more on the environment? People are saying that, that they want to uh, eat food that is more sustainable, that is healthier, but they also want policymakers to, to help them do that um, because it's really important to remember that today consumers, like farmers, are the weakest actors in supply chains. And so it's very hard for them to change uh, the, the practices or the habits that they have in a system that is actually driving unsustainable practices and unsustainable choices. So that's why it's really important that the desire of, of consumers to be more sustainable is recognised to then design policies that make that easy. But citizens have also been facing high food prices for a sustained period. Does the CAP's environmental policy risk undermining our food security? It's very important to remember that the biggest threats to food security today are climate change and biodiversity loss. That's very clear and the Commission recognises that. And then on the other hand also, we're seeing that the high prices and, and the inflation that, that consumers are experiencing today, are no, no one has been able to prove that this has anything to do with environmental legislation. It's got a lot more to do with speculation on commodity markets, with profiteering from, from big corporations who are using the excuse, excuse of inflation to increase their prices even further. And also with our dependence on fossil fuels and on, on gas in particular. Celia, thanks for joining us on Food for Europe. Thank you very much. It was a pleasure. And with me now is Elena Amboul from Agroecology Europe. Welcome. Thank you so much for the invitation. First, Elena, tell us more about your organization. We are um, a European association that has been founded in 2016 and that uh, reunites more than 300 members, uh, individual and organizations. And our aim is to bring agroecology up in the EU agenda. So our association has been contributing to the debate on how to make the CAP uh, more sustainable. And what were the suggestions that Agroecology Europe made when the new CAP policy on the environment was being formulated? We'd like farming policies to be more aligned with um, 
the principle of public money for public good. That means that um, yeah, farmers uh, would receive money only if their practices are contributing to support ecosystem services and yeah, improve biodiversity maintenance and fight against climate change. So that's mainly our two key recommendations. What did you think about what emerged from this lengthy debate to which you were one of many contributors? To be honest, uh, we had way uh, higher expectation yeah, due to also in taking into account the systemic crisis that we are facing and that our farming and food sector, but also that our whole society is um, going through. Uh, we expect the common agricultural policy to be way more ambitious regarding environmental um, measures. Would you say there's been no improvement at all? There have been some improvements, let's be honest, uh, on, on sustainability, for example, through the introduction of the eco-schemes. Um, but the problem is that uh, the implementation um, is giving, yeah, it's, uh, it's maybe giving too much uh, margin of manoeuvre for member states and there are not enough safeguards to be ensured that there are specific environmental targets. Um, and yeah, we need to put way more money also on the table on these eco schemes, for example, and to have a better conditionality. Thanks, Elena. Come back and talk to us again soon. Thank you a lot for the invitation and talk to you soon. Now to the European Parliament, jointly responsible for passing the laws that govern European agriculture and, of course, with an important oversight role in the spending of money under the cap. Benoît Biteau from France, representing the Green Group in the European Parliament. Welcome. Bonjour à vous. Merci de m'avoir invité. Looking back to the political process of reforming the common agricultural policy, how would you summarise what emerged from the European Parliament? We voted for a strategy in favour of biodiversity, in which we supported a reduction of 50% in pesticide use, the same for antibiotics, a 20% reduction in synthetic fertilisers, and a quarter of land under cultivation going organic by 2030. But when we look at the CAP in the context of these ambitions, nothing has been put in place to achieve those ambitions. So what happened in the Parliament to create that gap between aspirations and results? I often say that when you are an MEP and you arrive in this Brussels bubble, you discover a new country called Paradoxland. What I mean is that on the 21st of October 2021, we voted for the Farm to Fork strategy with all its objectives, the strategy for biodiversity. And then, exactly a month later, with exactly the same number of votes, the Parliament approved a new CAP, the most prominent European Union policy because it consumes a third of the budget. And yet, the CEP was not at all designed to achieve the objectives of the strategies we'd voted for a month earlier. Just a month earlier. So, we can see there is clearly pressure and lobbying which is preventing the Parliament from doing the right thing. Yes, indeed, the farm-to-fork strategy, a central element of the new cap. And so what's your message to those interests, those lobbyists, and to the European Union institutions in general? 
Because we've spent so much money trying to repair the damage caused by intensive agriculture, as represented by the CAP, well, we have no more money to support sustainable agriculture. So what I say very clearly is that we should not put even one euro more to support agriculture, that we know that it's taking us down the wrong path. And it is not that we abandon agriculture, it is that we say that we focus all of our efforts on sustainability. But we, the elected officials, who are guarantors of the common interest, which should be guaranteeing public policies which serve the common interest, we don't have any more money to contribute to this. We should focus our efforts on what scientists tell us for a credible, serious strategy to meet the climate challenge, the challenges of biodiversity and health. It's as simple as that. It's so simple that we don't do it. Thanks to you, Benoit Pito, MEP. Merci à vous de votre confiance et de m'avoir écouté. Michael Pilke from DG Agri, you're back with us. Now, earlier, Celia Nissen's James from EEB was talking about the huge flexibility given to member states. Was that the right approach to take on such an important element of the cap? Member states enjoy the flexibility to design some measures that are adapted to their local conditions and needs. And I see this as a strength rather than a weakness of the CAP. Because environmental challenges and also farming practice very much depend on local conditions. And here member states are better placed to design measures that can both be feasible at farm level and deliver on our common objectives. Of course, you may say that the level of ambition relies on how member states design those measures. And in the past, CAP was criticized for exactly the opposite, for being too prescriptive and not leaving enough room for maneuver for member states to adapt to the specific conditions they have. Elena Amboul wants to see the CAP employ the principle of public money for public good. So with one third of the EU budget going to agriculture, what return is Europe getting on this investment, environmentally speaking? Let's not forget that the CAP is about environment, but not only. We need to find the right balance between, on the one hand, the continuation of farming activity and continuation of food availability and affordability, the survival of rural areas, and on the other hand, delivering on the urgent climate and biodiversity crisis. For instance, 25% of direct payments are dedicated to environmental eco-schemes and 35% of rural development budget is dedicated to environmental measures. The CAP is, for instance, the major EU fund supporting biodiversity protection. Benoit Bito spoke about what he considers a mismatch between the ambitious farm-to-fork targets the Commission has set out and the reality of the new cap. What's your response? The Commission has worked hard to reach an ambitious CAP reform, and I believe that the result is a, is a new CAP, which has the potential to deliver on our ambitious targets. And the Commission is proud to defend this outcome and will now closely follow and monitor its implementation and, of course, come with proposals, if necessary, as we have always done. More generally speaking, Farm to Fork is about the social and economic sustainability of agriculture. It's about supporting farming in transition to different sustainable ways of farming. Michael Pilke from DG Agri, thanks for joining us on Food for Europe. Thank you very much for the opportunity to be with you. 
Well, we can safely say that this debate is only going to intensify over the coming years, and you can contribute to it as well, from your political engagement right down to what you choose to eat. Join us again soon here on Food for Europe for another look at farming and rural life in our continent. But for now, bon appétit. Organic farming is steadily increasing. That's good. Pour parler d'agriculture et d'Europe à la jeunesse. Der Klimawandel erfasst immer weitere Teile der Welt. Farmers help us bring nature back and preserve biodiversity. Ceux qui sont dans le rouge s'en sortent quand ils font plus vert. La qualité dans ce pays, elle doit être là pour tous. 